Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I am your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually with our guest scorekeeper, Mason Cook. How are you doing today, Mason? Very well. Uh, given how exciting the other semifinal match is, I mean, I can't wait to see how this one turns out. Yes, this is our second semifinal of our Tournament of Champions, and let's meet our semifinalists. First, we have Matthew Hauser. Hi, happy to be here. Uh, I can't promise that this one will be as close. Um, if you guys are betting on the result of this game at home or anything like that, I would recommend putting money on Josh right now. I may have done the same. I don't know. Matt, Matthews have been doing really well. Our our other semi or our other finalist, whom one of you will be facing in our next episode is also named Matthew. As I, as I was saying uh, in our previous episode, I've gotten way too many Matthews involved in this podcast, and it's hard to keep track of everybody now. And but, let's hope we should, I guess we should be rooting for a Matthew showdown because that would involve me winning, but that would be <laughs> confusing for the entire audience, especially since this is audio. Right. You'll also need, if that happens, then I would recommend finding another Matthew to score keep. That's that could true. be done. Well, we also have Josh. Hi, I'm happy to be back here, and I'm really excited to beat Matthew so I can prevent the confusion that would happen with a Matthew on Matthew episode. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. You're so noble, Josh. I try. So kind of you. Mm -hmm. This man makes sacrifices every day to improve the lives of everyone on this planet. It's really tough being this amazing. Well, thank you both for joining us today. We'll have four rounds of questions, each with a slightly different format. And so without further ado, Mason will explain the rules for round one. All right, round one's our first general knowledge round. Correct answers are worth 10 points. Each contestant will get five questions on a wide variety of subjects. All righty. Matthew, you're up first. Are you ready? Absolutely. All righty. Question one. What element is found in older thermometers? A, germanium, B, mercury, or C, lead? Uh, I'm going to go with B, mercury. That's correct. The EPA now recommends using non-mercury thermometers. Question two. Which of the following teams has not been coached by Bill Parcells? A, the Philadelphia Eagles, B, the New York Giants, or C, the Dallas Cowboys? Mm, I should know this one. Um, I know he's been on at least two NFC East teams. Uh, I'm going to embarrass myself right now and say uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. That's correct. He was the coach of the Giants from 1983 to 1990, then the Patriots from 1993 to 96, the Jets from 97 to 99, and the Cowboys from 2003 to 2006. Question three. The smallest drums on a set of marching tenor drums are named for what Star Trek character? A. Bones, B, Data, or C, Spock? Ooh, uh, this is a this Mason, is a Mason I, question. This is a Mason question. Yeah. Uh, and if you'd asked me like what the tenor drums were, I could probably do that. I don't know what they're named, but shot in the dark, we'll go for Bones. It was actually Spock. Darn. Mason, do you want to explain? Uh, yeah. So those Spock drum. Um, uh, interestingly, you know, the reason why they're called Spock drums, um, uh, there, there's a lot of conflicting reports, but one of the 
ones that I personally think is among the more verifiable things is that when you hit them, because they're so, they're tuned so tight and tuned so high that it kind of sounds like the drums are saying Spock every single time you hit them. And thus they were eventually called Spocks and every drum of that size became known as a Spock. There you go. Thank you, Mason. Question four. In 1874, the first reigning monarch to visit the United States was the ruler of what country? A, the United Kingdom, B, Japan, or C, Hawaii? Ooh, that's a really good question. Whoever wrote that, props to them. That was, that was me. Oh, well, congratulations on the good question. I can't promise a good answer, but uh, I'm going to go with Hawaii. That's correct. King Kalakaua visited the U.S. at the invitation of President Ulysses S. Grant from November 1874 to February 1875. Among the highlights of his 91-day tour of the United States include the first-ever state dinner at the White House. And finally, question five. Fading actress Nora Desmond, as portrayed by Gloria Swanson, utters the famous line, All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. In this classic film, that was later adapted into a musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber. A, A Streetcar Named Desire, B, Sunset Boulevard, or C, All About Eve. Yeah, I am, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I'll go with uh, A Streetcar Named Desire. Uh, no, this is Sunset Boulevard. Although Sunset Boulevard lost Best Picture to All About Eve at the 1950 Academy Awards, both films were later adapted into musicals that won the best Tony Award in their respective years. All righty, Josh, are you ready for your five questions? Yeah, let's go. Question one. Which of the following countries adopted the Gregorian calendar last? A, Denmark, B, the United Kingdom, or C, Russia? I'm pretty sure Russia kept until the revolution, so I'll say Russia. That's correct. They adopted it in 1918. Denmark adopted the calendar in 1700 and the UK in 1752. Question two. Approximately how long does it take for light to travel from the sun to the earth? A, eight seconds, B, eight minutes, or C, eight hours? I know it's an eight. Um, <laughs> yes, I think it's, that's correct. I think it's eight minutes. That's correct. It takes sunlight an average of eight minutes and 20 seconds to travel the 93 million miles from the sun to the earth. Question three. In 2016, Amazon announced that its Prime subscription service would start offering perks on what Amazon-owned website that specializes in live streaming? A, Mixer, B, YouTube, or C, Twitch? Um, well, I know Twitch does do live streaming, so I'll say Twitch. That's correct. Twitch Prime, off Twitch Prime offers such perks as two free subscriptions and exclusive discounts on games and DLC. Is that DLC, Mason? Uh, yes, DLC. Okay. Downloadable content. Ah, very good. Yeah, that's not my area of expertise. Question four. Which is the only NFL team to go undefeated in the Super Bowl era? A, the 2007 New England Patriots. B, the 1972 Miami Dolphins, or C, the 1985 Chicago Bears? Well, I don't know anything about sports, um, but 
Matthew likes Chicago, so I'll say the Chicago Bears. Uh, no, it was actually the Dolphins in 1972. Uh. The 72 Dolphins went 14-0 and in the regular season and went on to beat the uh, Washington football team in the Super Bowl in Super Bowl seven, making them the only team in the Super Bowl era to win every game. The Bears, as Lucas Hauser wrote in his explanation, arguably the best team in history, the 85 Bears led by the fierce 46 defense and Walter Payton went 15 and one in the regular season, losing only to the Miami Dolphins. And the 2007 New England Patriots famously uh, lost in the Super Bowl to Eli Manning and the Giants in Super Bowl 42. And finally, question five. Lal Chila is the Hindustani name of what landmark in downtown Delhi that served as the primary residence of the Mughal emperors? A, the Taj Mahal, B, the Red Fort, or C, the Lotus Temple? Um, well, I feel like emperors would not live in a temple, and I know it's not the Taj Mahal, so I'm going to say B. That's correct. Mason, I know this was from a little while ago, but uh, do you want to explain this? Uh, yeah, so the Taj Mahal is a mausoleum, is a mausoleum, and the Lotus Temple is, well, pretty much what set us on the label. It's a temple, whereas the Red Fort or it was built, at first it was built as a fort, or, but eventually when the Mughals came to town, um, uh, they at first they took up temporary residence there, and then eventually the temporary residence, as it often does, became a permanent residence, and thus they ended up staying there throughout the entirety of the Mughal era in india very good thank you mason well that's the end of round one so mason can you please give us a score update well um very good round one for both contestants matthew got 30 josh got 40 and so josh leads 40 to 30 after one round it's now time for our weekly audience question if you'll recall last week our question was on December 8, 1980, John Lennon was murdered outside of his apartment in New York City. Millions of Americans learned of his death while watching what program on ABC? And the answer to that is Monday Night Football. Howard Cosell announced the murder on the air in the waning seconds of that evening's game between the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. And if you've never seen the footage of that, I would recommend going to YouTube and watching that, because it is, of course, quite historic. Alrighty, and for this week's question, in honor of the fact that the University of Michigan is headed to the college football playoff for the first time ever, what former president played center and linebacker for the University of Michigan? So have a think about that and send me your answers for a chance to win a sticker. And I'll announce the correct answer next week. Alrighty, and now it is time for round two. So, Mason, can you please explain the rules? All right. So, round two is our directed round. Each question is worth 20 points this time. Contestants will get five questions on the exact same subject. However, if they get a question wrong, then the opponent can answer that question for 10. Alrighty. So, Matthew, your topic is a famous person who was born actually on December 22nd. Um... This podcast is being released on December 15th, and the grand final will be on December 22nd, but I have a good double category for the 22nd, and so we're going to celebrate this person's birthday this week. And that person is Diane Sawyer, who was born December 22nd, 1945. You know who Diane Sawyer is, right? No. 
This oh. could be a rough round for me. Okay. She, uh, she's a journalist. Um, yeah. Okay. Question one. Sawyer is from what state where her father was executive of Jefferson County until he was killed in a car accident on I-64 in 1969? Mm -hmm. Jefferson County, I-64. These are good hints. Let me think. I-64 runs through quite a few states. Virginia, West Virginia. It goes through Ohio, I believe, Indiana, Illinois, and ends in Missouri. Jefferson County. I'm sorry for drawing this out so much. I'll say I'll say Ohio. It was not Ohio. Josh, do you know? Um, I think Jefferson County is in Kentucky, so I'm gonna say Kentucky. That's correct. Yeah, I-64 goes from West Virginia into Kentucky. It never actually goes into Ohio. Um, Sawyer was born in Glasgow, Kentucky, but moved to Louisville soon after her birth. Question two. Sawyer graduated from what Massachusetts Women's Liberal Arts College in 1967, whose other famous alumnae include Hillary Clinton and Madeleine Albright? I, I should know this one too, but... Um... I don't, um, and I have no idea, so I'll pass. Okay, Josh? Is this Wellesley? Wellesley College, yes. She majored in English. Question three. When Sawyer first moved to Washington, D.C., she was unable to find work as a broadcast journalist, and so she started working for the deputy press secretary in what Republican president's administration? Did you say, sorry, did you say a year? I did not, but you can draw hints I'll from I'll extrapolate, yeah. Yeah. Um, do, you I want, will... do you want her birth year again? Her birth year was, what, 1945? Yes. Okay. Republican administration. This was I after, guess that would be the Nixon college. administration. That's correct. After his resignation, she would follow him to California and help him write his memoirs. Question four. In 1984... Sawyer became the first female correspondent for what CBS investigative reporting program? Would that be 60 Minutes? That's correct. She reported for 60 Minutes until she moved to ABC in 1989. And finally, question five. In 2009, it was announced that Sawyer would succeed whom as the anchor for ABC's World News? Hmm. 2009. I have no idea who was on... Uh... ABC in 2009. This is probably wrong, but was this George Stephanopoulos? No, it wasn't George. Josh? I think, I think Dan Rather is CBS, but I'll say Dan Rather. It wasn't Dan Rather either. Um, this is Charles Gibson. Sawyer was the main anchor until 2014 when she stepped down to focus on specials and high-profile interviews for the network. Alrighty, Josh. To balance it out, you are going to get five questions about another journalist, famous journalist, um, who was born November 23rd, 1960, and that is Robin Roberts. Do you know who Robin Roberts is? I do at least know of her. Okay, very good. Here we go. Question one. Roberts is the daughter of Lawrence E. Roberts, who flew with what group of mostly African-American pilots who fought in World War II? Is that the Tuskegee Airmen? Yes. They were so named because they were educated at the, at the Tuskegee Institute. Question two. At Southeastern Louisiana State, Roberts was a standout athlete in what sport? 
Um, track? No. Matthew? Mm, I'll say uh, field hockey. No, she was a standout athlete in basketball. The school retired her jersey in 2001, and Roberts worked as a sportscaster with ESPN from 1990 to 2005. Question three. In 2005, in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, Roberts anchored a series of reports from what state's Gulf Coast, which includes her hometown of Pass Christian? Well, if it's Hurricane Katrina, I'm going to guess that it's Louisiana. It was not Louisiana. Matthew? Uh, I think uh, if it's not Louisiana, I'll go with Mississippi. That's correct. Over 90% of Pass Christian, Mississippi's homes were destroyed or damaged on August 29th, 2005. Question four. Also in 2005, Roberts was promoted to co-anchor of what morning news show on ABC? Uh, Good Morning America? That's correct. She had been the news anchor for the show since 2002 and had contributed as a, as a reporter before that. And finally, question five. Roberts underwent treatment for myelodysplastic syndrome, MDS, in 2012 and earned what award given to honor distinguished achievement by television and radio stations as well as other media. Um, I think, is that the Peabody? That's correct. The National Bone Marrow Donor Program experienced a 1,800% spike in donations the day she went public with her illness. All righty, that's the end of round two. So, Mason, can you please give us a score update? So, in that round, Josh got 80 points and Matthew got 50. And so right now it is Josh 120, Matthew 80. Still very much anyone's game. Alrighty, now it is time for round three. So Mason, can you please tell us the rules? All right, so round three, second general knowledge round. This time though, questions are worth 30 points. And if you get it wrong, your opponent can answer the question correctly for 15. Okay, Matthew, are you ready for your five questions? Let's do it. I'm here. This is the comeback round for me. Okie dokie. Question one. What interstate highway would you take to travel from Oklahoma City to Wichita Falls, Texas? To Wichita Falls, Texas. That would be I-35. No, not I-35. <sighs> Josh? Well, it has to be an odd number. Or maybe it's an even number. But actually, it sounds north-south, so I'm going to say it's an odd number. So I'm going to say I-37. No. Interestingly I know what the enough, answer is now, but I feel so stupid. What's what, what's your what's your second it, guess? It's got to be I-44, right? It is I-44. Yeah, it's kind of a diagonal. Well, I-44 is a diagonally um, routed highway, even though it's signed east-west. Um, it's a distance of about 140 miles. That was a tricky one. I had to really step it up um, for you and, and find a, a obscure little corner of the country to ask you about. No, I absolutely respect that. Yeah. Question two. What is the only letter of the alphabet does, that does not appear on the periodic table of elements? The only letter of the alphabet that does not appear on the periodic table. I don't know, but I will go with, uh, I'm going to go with J. That's correct. In some countries like Norway, Poland, Sweden, Serbia, and Croatia, the element iodine is known by the name Jod. However, the periodic table still uses the IUPAC symbol I for the element. Question three. 
On December 15, 1997, the San Francisco 49ers retired Who's number 16. Sorry, when was this number retired? 1997. 1997. Hmm. Could this be uh, Joe Montana? That's correct. Montana won four Super Bowls as quarterback of the 49ers from 1979 to 1992. He also played two seasons for the Kansas City Chiefs at the end of his career. Question four. What U.S. state is mentioned most often in the lyrics of Red Hot Chili Peppers songs? This has got to be California. That's correct. The band hails from Los Angeles, where they formed in 1983. And finally, question five. The hop rod is an infamously dangerous motorized version of what common toy? Is this the uh, Hot Wheels? I don't know. No. Josh? Um, I feel like Legos on motors would be bad, so I'll say Legos. No. This is a pogo stick. Mason, oh, do you want to explain sounds quite this? dangerous. I think this was your <laughs> uh, question. Yeah, it, yeah, the hop rod was only sold for a single year in the late 60s. He's, uh, and the reason why it was only sold for a single year is because there were a lot of complaints filed against the company that made it because of all the ankle injuries that were sustained in because of the motor, which automatically bounced you back up, up and would absolutely destroy a, your ankles. And uh, yeah, it actually, the hop rod is... A fascinating little corner of eBay too, where they can go for as high as multiple thousands of dollars if you have one in really good condition. How do you People, get off of one when it's still bouncing? Right. Well, I you, like you, you turned off. Running. There's a switch to turn. Yeah, but like I, it would I, still like be going up and down for a little bit. Like, yeah, how do you like get stable. You kind of have to fall off too. Also, <laughs> yeah. another fun fact: the fuel used for the hop rod, the original gas used to power it has never been recreated we legit have no idea what was in the what like the original fuel for it was supposed to be oh so it's a gas powered yep a gas powered pogo stick it's like a lawnmower (laughs) or something like a lawnmower pogo stick i i I think if i was going to try and break my ankles i would pay a few thousand dollars to do it yeah uh there are easier ways to go about that mm -hmm. people must have died like somebody yeah. had to have died. I, I think, lawsuits. in fact, there were multiple fatalities associated with it too. Yeah, I can't. I assume the fatalities and injuries per user is astronomically higher than a pogo stick, which is probably already yeah. much higher than something else like a scooter. Probably yeah, again, it was sold from one year for uh, from mid '67 until around late 1968. Imagine if you could get around like college on one of those pogo sticks just sort of jumping over people as you're going to class i think it would save you time like in a mario game just like hopping on top of right. people yeah <laughs> right. a far more dangerous mario game where instead of like <laughs> jumping you're instead on a motorized pogo stick that uh has a little bit of randomness too in the jump heights when, when i'm I warming read this, up to this when i read this question late last night my first thought was those motorized, I don't know if you guys have them at William & Mary, but here at USC, all these kids are going around on these motorized scooters and they zip down mm-hmm. the zip down the road and you know they, they're they driving on the wrong side of the road. They're cutting people off. Oh, man, yeah. these make like, those look so safe. Like I, one of, someone in my uh, hall right over here uses a motorized scooter to get around, but he will use it in the hallways of the dorm as well. Oh my God. 
can. Unfortunately, I think he did uh, fall recently, but oh. um, I don't recommend motorized scooters. Uh, and I, even though I, I feel like if you're going for like the injury, like that's a sunk cost, you got to go for the pogo stick because <laughs> that's going to be much more fun. That's that's probably true. Yeah, the, these motorized scooters have been the bane of my existence the last three months, and I've <laughs> complained about them almost every single day to people here at USC. Anyway, we'll get back to trivia. Josh, are you ready for your five questions? Uh, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Question one. What interstate highway runs through Southeast DC as the Anacostia Freeway and connects to the Beltway at National Harbor, Maryland? Um... Okay, I think that one is, I don't go on this one. I think it's 295. That's correct. Yep. Question two. Members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association constitute the voting body for this major awards ceremony. Well, my first instinct was the SAG Awards, but I think that's the SAG that does that. So I'm going to guess the Golden Globes. That's correct. As of this recording, the fate of the 2022 ceremony is currently in doubt as NBC and others announced a boycott of the awards in response to the HFPA's failure to address issues of diversity and representation in their membership. Question three. Chris Wink, Matt Goldman, and Phil Stanton were the original three members of what group named for the color of paint they cover their bodies in? Oh, the, the Blue Man Group. Yes, that's correct. Question four. The Azide is a functional group that is useful in a variety of organic chemistry reactions. It consists of three atoms of what element? Um, carbon. No, not carbon. Matthew? Mm, this is interesting. I was going to say carbon too, because that's about all I know about organic chemistry. It's useful for organic chemistry reactions. That's what you said, right? Yep. Um, and there's three atoms of them together. Interesting, yep. interesting. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, hydrogen. No, it was actually nitrogen. Azides are often used as a propellant in airbags. And finally, question five. Before the Seattle Kraken began play at Climate Pledge Arena this fall, what New York arena was the oldest NHL arena still in use? Um... I'm not sure where they play in New York. I guess Madison Square Garden? That's correct. Construction began on the fourth and current iteration of Madison Square Garden in 1964. Climate Pledge Arena was built starting in 1960 for the 1962 World's Fair, which also saw the construction of the Space Needle. The Seattle Arena is now the oldest NHL arena still currently in use, even though it had not been the home of an NHL team until this year. Alrighty, that's the end of round three. So Mason, can you please give us a score update? All right, so uh, both contestants doing very well that round. Uh, Matthew got 90, Josh 120. And so the current score, Josh leads 240 to 170. So very much anyone's game going into this final round. Yeah, you're not gonna catch uh, 395 though, unfortunately. I'll, I'll get there in the final. <laughs> Now it is time for round four. So Mason, can you please tell us the rules? All right. Round four is our showdown round. And there will be three questions that both contestants will get. Correct answers are worth 40 points. 
Uh, contestants will lock in their answers right after we read the question. All righty. Matthew, Josh, are you ready? Yep. Let's do it. Question one. What Portuguese explorer was the first European to sail around the Cape of Good Hope, the southern tip of Africa? All righty. Matthew, what is your answer? Uh, I have it between two, but I wrote down da Gama. Josh? I also had it between two, and I also decided da Gama. Uh, you decided on the wrong one. It was Bartholomew Diaz. This was during his expedition of 1487 to 1488, and he later returned in 1500 and was killed as his ships encountered a storm near the Cape of Good Hope. I think uh, Vasco da Gama was about 100 years later, I think. Mason, do I have that right? Uh, that is roughly correct, yes. Okay. Question two. In November, the Louisiana Board of Pardons unanimously approved a pardon for whom? The subject of an infamous... 1896 Supreme Court case. Alrighty, Matthew, what is your answer? I have, I have no idea who this could be, but I will say, uh, we'll go with, uh, I know, I don't know. I'll say the name Ferguson, because I think that was a Supreme Court case from that time. Okay, Josh? I think it's Homer Plessy. It is Homer Plessy. Yeah, for Ferguson was the judge um, mm. in Louisiana who tried Plessy's case. Um, and as of this recording, the pardon is still pending final approval from the governor of Louisiana. On June 7th, 1892, Plessy sat in a whites-only train car bound for Covington, Louisiana from New Orleans. He was asked to move to the colored car, and he refused, so he was arrested on the spot. His appeal to the Supreme Court resulted in the ruling that separate but equal facilities was constitutional. And finally, question three. The 1936 novel Gone with the Wind, the basis for the 1939 film of the same name, was written by what American author? Alrighty. Matthew, what's your answer? I have Art Vandalay. Josh? I know this is wrong, but I have Louisa May Alcott. Uh, yeah, both wrong. This was Margaret Mitchell. And that was the only novel Mitchell ever wrote. Uh, while it's one of the best-selling novels of all time, the book and its film adaptation have been routinely criticized for its portrayal of African Americans romanticizing the antebellum South and promoting the plantation myth. Well, that's the end of the game. So, Mason, can you please give us the final score? All right. So, uh, Josh was the only person to score points in that round. Josh got 40 points. And so... By a score of Josh 280, Matthew 170, Josh has won the game. Well, congratulations, Josh. You are moving on to the final. Do you have anything that you would like to say? I'm just glad to have prevented an all-Matthew game. That's true. Final. Yeah, you're the hero that we didn't know we, we needed. You really <laughs> saved the public quite a bit of uh, confusion. Congratulations, Josh. Game well Thank played. You. Thank you, Matthew, for playing with me. It was, it was a great I will never hear the end of this from Josh, but um, <laughs> that's something I just have to live with. <laughs> fair, I never would have heard the end of it from you if you had beat me. So, I think I would have been a little more conciliatory. Perhaps, but we'll but, never know. <laughs> well, we'll never know that, because that reality didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll have to have a rematch next year sometime and see if uh, see if we can have a different outcome. That would be yeah. Fun. Only time we'll, we'll need tell. to do like a best of three. 
But of course, if I lose three games, then I'll have to be a best of seven. I was gonna and say so on. You, th- you then go to the emergency best of seven. You know, I'm I'm ready for best my seven game contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we can have both Lucas and Matthew team up and play against Josh. Would that make well, that, it fair? That would be interesting. That's unfair. I could, well, then Josh I could also both. gets a teammate of his own, I suppose. I get Correct. Mason. Oh, oh that'd be... <laughs> I feel oh, like sure. Concentric I happily team knowledge. up with that. Yeah. <laughs> the concentric circles of knowledge would generally benefit Mason and Josh because Josh, if you drew a Venn diagram of what Lucas and I know, there's some that we don't know, but there's significant overlap. Josh would, like, encompass ours just generally. But then you add base into the mix and then suddenly you got like this, you have to like zoom out like to 1% or whatever to see like all the knowledge covered between Mason and Josh. Yeah, Mason, I think I would have to give you like all Anne of Cleves questions. Like every single question would have to be Anne of Cleves in order yeah. to make it fair. Well, only time will tell. Well, that's our show for this week, folks. Thank you, Matthew and Josh, for being on the show today, as well as Mason Cook for being our scorekeeper and for composing the music. And thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. And check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and our trivia, um, our Twitter account at Trivia Over Tea. Feel free to message us there if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have our grand final match between Matthew Brown and Josh. We'll have 33 fantastic questions for them. Thank you. We'll see you next week.